Hey, uh, hey, Anthony, do you like do you like my new shirt? Sure, man. It's cool. It could have been better. What was that? I said it could have been better. You want to fight about yeah, it? Yeah, I do. Let's go, chump. Ah! <laughs> Hold on a second. We don't need to fight. We don't? All you need to do is go to 86.com and choose from one of their many designs. Franchises range from Skullgirls to Street Fighter and even Blaze Blue. And if you check out 86 through this Twitch channel, use 86.com slash question mark AFF equals four to let them know that Mission Star Podcast sent you. We got music, mics are on, it's a, it's a Tuesday night, and uh, welcome to another episode of Mission Star Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Bionis, and uh, the one with me today, as always, he is the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I am the Magneto to his blob, um, Great Deets. So, uh, because I know that you didn't put it in the thing, and we're going to talk about it, or we're not going to talk about it, sorry, I want to mention it here. If you have a Switch, or I believe it's also on Steam, uh, and I don't remember what are the platforms, but pointless, pointless out of that, go get uh, Blaster Master 2, uh, sorry, Blaster Master Zero 2 from NT Creates Games. I beat it uh, yesterday. Like, I kind of played it off and on and then finally, like, played six hours of it yesterday. Fucking outstanding game. Awesome. Like, there's a good ending and a bad ending, and I did both. And it's it's so much fun. So, yeah, go go get it. It's only ten bucks, too. Is there a review of this coming soon to the site? Hmm. Yes, as, as, as soon as I can fucking record some shit. Like, I got three, and I keep fucking meaning to send them to you. <laughs> so bad about it. That's all right. Just, just send them when you send them. In the meantime, we got we get, we got a, a duty uh, as podcasters, as commentators of the game industry, as spies of the industry, as, as it was once told, and talk about the games and the game news coming out, uh, stuff happening the past week. So... That being said, uh, let's uh, let's jump right into it as soon as I put this video up first. Okay, so um, as you might have noticed, uh, April Fools happen, and every year it's always fun to see what happens and what what people make and what game companies are in in and on the joke and what they do. And sometimes we'll put in jokes in as far as like in their game sometimes. Uh, speaking of which, as you see behind me, we see For Honor, and uh, in the game, they literally put rabbits in the game, <laughs> so you get to fight is that, them. Is this older? Is this older footage or footage from the April Fool stuff? This is from the April Fool stuff. So, well, no, no, I, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, there, okay, okay. Yeah. So, uh, what, what, what game was okay? For Honor right. was a 
No, 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 no. It showed, showed like, a gun thing. Oh. So, okay, yeah. okay. The the fucking rabbits thing is hilarious because they actually yell in yeah. the battle. <laughs> it's great. It's awesome. Like, I watched a couple streams of it, and it was just super fucking silly, and I loved it. <laughs> Look at that shit. It's so good. I know. Like, I don't know. Awesome. I don't know if it... I don't know if they can, if you have the audio for it, but oh, I don't. I don't have the audio on. No. Okay, yeah, yeah. But if you go watch some footage of it or whatever Anthony has here, like they're all doing their classic rabbit yell, and and that's the thing. I always say this all the time. Like the reason the minions are annoying is it because they're annoying in the films? They're fine in the films. They're annoying because every fucking parent in the world was like, "Hey, did you see this funny meme with a minion in it?" And put a session <laughs> on Facebook. So. Right. That's why minions became annoying. Uh, rabbits never hit that. Like that never really happened with rabbits. That's why. That's why I like the rabbits. And um, this was a brilliant little thing, and it's gone now. Like you can't. Like it was just yesterday. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um. So I just want to bounce off of you. Like any particular April Fool's um, uh, jokes or anything of that matter yesterday that you really liked. Um. Uh, you know, I, I played the, I played the, uh, um, like rainbow kind of thing. I, I don't know what to call it. Basically, uh, Rainbow Six Siege had a, had a mode in it that was like, everything was pastel. Everybody kind of looked uh, like, <laughs> like a toy. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, if, if you blew a hole into the wall, it didn't look like it was, uh, like singed. On the on the x the, the the parts of the wall, it just looked like it was drawn on the wall mm. as an explosion. Gotcha. But like, it was really fucking funny. So I played that for like two rounds, and I suck at the game because I haven't played it in fucking a hell of a long ass time. Um. But yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, we kind of talked about this in the um, pre-show, but Brian Altano's uh, fake Nintendo Direct. Mm-hmm. That was really fucking funny. Yeah, I need. I need to. After this, I'll probably, I'll probably sit down and watch it. But I've heard a lot of good stuff from a lot of people. There were even some people that were just like were fooled that what I would not think would be fooled by because they're the type of people I, I follow, and they were like, "Oh shit, it's actually is a it's a fake." <laughs> so like they were really oh. into it. Yeah, that was yeah. Like a lot of people fell for some of these. I was like, "Really?" Mm. really? There were some. There were some really good ones. Um, my favorite, and given this is probably like the only other thing I saw yesterday, um, was, uh, there was a, uh, uh, a trailer for a smart a smartphone, uh, game for Splatoon called Splatoon Island. And it was basically, um, it, it was a kind of like, what if the, uh, you know, the older squids were on an island and you can date other squids and you can also like have fun going like basically doa but for for um for splatoon um and the game looked really good it actually looked very very convincing the artist who did, did that was mike enno um and he did a really good job in terms of making it as, as good and as close to what the original uh game is uh they had mini games he put in there that you can uh play with different um uh, different inner tubes like a kind of like a candy crush type of mode uh there was another mode where you are on a boat and you're going uh you're shooting at i want to say other boats because from like just kind of uh fighting each other on the sea um 
and then like you get to dress up your your, your squid your squid person and you get to play volleyball it was really well put together and i was like wow this is super cool it's probably it's probably it's fake and it, it probably was and it, and it was but man uh if nintendo ever needed new content to put in their game there you go <laughs> so <laughs> g- g- give me splatoon island give me give me doa but with uh... squids <laughs> Yeah, there was uh, there was one that I saw that was re- that I really enjoyed, and I wish it was kind of real, but it was a um, it was a uh, it was a labo kit where you could build claptrap. Oh shit, that'd be great! Oh, I would love it so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it looked really good. Nintendo of UK changed Kirby to be a square. That was really funny. Oh, when I saw that, I was like, okay, so the joke is that he's pretty, I mean, he's a square, but it's just like, I, so, uh, Super Meat Boy, essentially? Ms. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> but like a thousand times easier. True, right? Very true. Very true. Very true. Um, oh, Platinum Games had one. Hold on, let's see what this is. Oh, that was good. I saw that. Platinum Games was a, so, I'll, I'll let you watch it, but I'll, I'll describe what's happening. Um, like a minute and a half. Yeah, it is. It essentially is. Think of think of the um, you know on on the football show for uh, Fox. You have like the robotic uh, the robot football player that has the football sp- the the Fox Sports logo on his chest and what have you. Um, yeah. It's kind of essentially the same thing with Platinum Games, where like it's a kind of ominous like robotic Platinum Games. Uh, robot, but like it's a, it's a hype. It's a, <laughs> supposedly is a game for yeah dealing with business and all that jazz, and they're trying to make it look cool, and it's hilarious and it's awesome. So, oh right, and then the, the reveal at the very end, I forgot, he takes off the mask, and it was no other than Kamiya himself. So you can block people now. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, another good one I saw yesterday was um. Because there's really a model of him already in the game, or in, in in a trailer, but like I'm pretty sure if they wanted to, they could put him in the game. Uh, Harada was like the next announced character in Tekken Seven, um, and there were screenshots of him like doing some moves, uh, which is hilarious. Because like a, I wouldn't, I kind of wouldn't pass, wouldn't put it past uh, Bandai, Bandai Namco to do it, um, but I don't think Harada is that vain to put himself in, in his own game. <laughs> but that was cool that was awesome that was pretty pretty, pretty cool to see oh shit uh, one website did um, <laughs> it was a Switch exclusive called Rare Replay 64 and it was uh, 10 Nintendo 64 games including Goldeneye coming to the Switch oh fuck <laughs> man that must have fooled a good. lot of people why would it fool me Sega Ma- Sega or, yeah Sega Mega CD Mini <laughs> <laughs> That's really fucking funny. Absolutely, yeah. There's definitely there's <laughs> good ones. A book sleeve for your two 3DSs to make them play like a... Uh, not 3DSs, I'm sorry. For your two Switches to make them play like a 3DS. That's great. That's awesome. That is super that's, good. That's really fucking funny. I see Splatoon Island here. Oh, Sonic Sonic Battle Royale. I did not see that. Oh, are you going off that the Gamma Sutra page or... No, NintendoLife.com. It was uh, just doing a I bunch of them. Yeah, gotcha. there's an IGN one that's like 
I didn't I, look at this one, but I love the fact that like in Final Fantasy 15, like they they put on like uh, heads of anime characters from um uh what was it Pop Team Epic on on some of the characters, which is great. And for those who don't know what Pop Team Epic is, uh, think of basically think of um uh Tim and Eric but in anime form. So it's weird and it's it, it's it's well, a weird ass anime. Awesome. It's a weird ass That's... anime. <laughs> yeah, there's I love fucking April Fool's Day because oh that's right. <laughs> the Doom account put out a picture of a um a new Doom experience called The Joy of Slaying and it's like it's like the Doom guy painting with blood. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. That was awesome. But yeah. There's also a list of like just what websites did and whatnot, like Tinder's fucking height verification. <laughs> that's awesome. That's uh, yeah, that's fucking funny. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe next year we'll try to do something. Uh, we'll see. I got the power. I had to take. Well, all queued up did a thing. Oh. The fucking pickle sandwich, the pickle Big Mac. That's funny. Um, oh, right. That's right. You guys did do a thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So go to go to allketopodcast.com and uh, check out the latest episode. It's only five minutes long, but Josh and I kind of had fun with it, so. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I got to go check it out. But yeah, that was April Fool's in a nutshell uh, from yesterday. Now, we're going to back into some real news. Um, and I say that with love. Uh, so... Let me bring up the article real quick. Uh, this was reported off of TheVerge.com. It's written by Andrew Liptic. Sega will release its Genesis Mini Retro Console on September 19th. It will cost $79.99 with 40 games included. At Sega Fest 2019, Sega announced they will finally release a retro version of its Sega Genesis console later this year. The Sega Genesis Mini and the Mega Drive Mini in Japan. The device will come with 40 built-in games and will hit stores on September 19, 2019. According to Kotaku, the Genesis Mini slash Mega Drive will have slightly different game lineups when released. The Japanese version will include Castlevania Bloodlines, Comic Zones, Gunstar Heroes, Maru Moragari Ichi, Powerball, Puyo Puyo 2, rent hero Shining Force, Sonic 2, and Space Harrier 2. While the U.S. version will include Alter Beast, Castlevania Bloodline, uh, Bloodlines, Comic Zone, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bee Machine, Echo the Dolphin, Gunstar Heroes, Shining Force, Sonic the Hedgehog, Space Harry 2, and Toe Jam and Earl. Additional games will be announced. Uh, so, as always with these nostalgic pieces, that uh, these nostalgic uh, mini consoles that come out, um... The, the, the argument then comes like, okay, if you had to choose which games, Genesis games, or, you know, they did it also for the, uh, the Nintendo Mini. But, like, if we were to kind of speculate as far as like, what other games could you put on here? Like, what would you put on the Genesis Mini? Streets oh, Rage. God. I mean, you're asking a guy who didn't have a Genesis and all those games sound awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're... I mean, yeah, Jason says Street to Rage 1, 2, and 3. You can't go wrong, wrong, God, wrong with Anthony, that. I don't good. know because, again, I didn't I didn't have a Switch. You mean oh, Gen- sorry. A Genesis. You didn't were, have a Genesis. You were a Nintendo kid, weren't you? <laughs> what? Oh, God, yeah. Like, I, I, so my first console my first console was the NES. 
Um, and then later, I want to say it was like a year after it came out, I got the Super Nintendo. And then uh, after the Super Nintendo broke, uh, our next system was the PlayStation. Then a PlayStation 2. Um, and I didn't, I didn't own another Nintendo until Dreamcast. So technically, I just missed the 64. Um, and uh, the only Sega console I owned was a Dreamcast. Yeah, same here. Um, Nintendo Champions. So like the, oh God, that'd be a great. <laughs> um, like I'm, I'm honestly trying to think of games that you didn't name off, and I can't really think of any because the, I, the issue with the Genesis, the early Genesis days, is that a lot of those games were okay. Mm-hmm. I would, uh, I, I would, I would. There are definitely some. Gen- there are some games I did play in the Genesis. I was so. I was also a Nintendo kid in terms to NES and Super Nintendo. I did play some of the Genesis games on at a friend, uh, friend's place. Uh, so much of my knowledge comes from that. Also, thank you, Jason. Be- Vector Man One and Two would be great. That would be awesome to have on there as well on the Genesis Mini. Um, I would, love to, I would love to see uh, the MK versions, uh, MK3 Ultimate on Genesis, on Mini Genesis, because that was a fucking good game. Um, that was that was good. I would love to see that. Was it? Wasn't there a game? I, it might not have been the Genesis, but I think it also was the Genesis. But it was like dinosaurs fighting each other. Oh shit! Yeah, that was. Um, what was it? It was. Uh, I want to say Dino Crisis, but that's not it. Uh, it's uh, there are two. I know it. Primal Rage. Primal Rage. Bloody, yeah, yes. Prim- Primal Rage. Yes, 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 yes. 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 No, Bloody Roar was the um, uh, that was... It was the PlayStation one, and you could change into animals in the middle of the fight. I remember that. Yes. Um, no, the, the... I know PlayStation two. Yeah. What's up? Bloody Roar. Oh right. Um. Yeah, man. Uh, Primal Rage. That'd be. A, I'd be a man. That would be an interesting pick. Um, <laughs> to put on the Genesis Mini. Um. Yeah, I, I, I'll be interested to see what else they put on there in terms of, like, what other... I'm going to pop up a list, actually, because some of this stuff... It's been a while since I played anything on Genesis. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of Sonic games on there. Um, just because, you know, Sonic was a huge thing on a Genesis. Uh, 1, 2, and 3. Mean Bee Machine been on there. It's going to be fucking awesome. Um, let's see, Genesis games. Ooh, what about the X-Men game? The X-Men arcade game, because that, uh, that was on Genesis. So I, I would love. Did it. you did you say Gunstar Heroes would be on there? Yes, Gunstar Heroes is going to be on there, okay. which is another right, classic. Um, let's see. I'm just going to pop up here. <laughs> First thing comes up: the Adams Family. No. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe the Lion King will get, will get on there. <laughs> Dynamite Dynamite Heady might be fun to play again. Yo. Oh, Castle of Illusion. Ooh. Oh god, that was a good ass game, man. Yeah. That that was fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> Jackson's Moonwalker. Let's let's bring in the the Cheeto Man video game. That'd be great. <laughs> Cheeto Man, Echo. cool dot. <laughs> Did you say Echo the Dolphin? Echo the Dolphin. Yes, it's gonna be on there as well. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got on here. It's it's so hard for you to ask me about Sega games because I just <laughs> did not grow up with one. Right, right. 
Double Dragon. Yeah, it'd be cool to have that on there. Outrun. Oh, yeah. That's got to be on there. Hyperstone Heist. Um, what was it? It was Virtual Fighter. Yeah, that was on Sega Genesis, I want to say, right? Because I know... Hang on. Virtual Fighter? Yeah. I thought that was a PlayStation game. Let's see. Virtual Fighter. That came out on... No, that was Sega on the 32X. That's right. Uh -huh. So, yes. That'd be cool to see. Um, Alex the Kid. Crater. <laughs> uh, yeah. Was Strider on the Genesis? Yep. I'm looking at I'm looking at a list of top Genesis games and they're basically just voted on by people. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I would love to Oh, see... oh fucking Christ. It would be awesome if this game could be on there because I know I played the shit out of it. Mm. Spider Man and Venom Maximum Carnage. Yeah, I I played some of that. I didn't get past the first level because I was confused on what you're supposed to do. <laughs> So, but that'd be cool. That'd be awesome if we got on there. Um, I would love, because I played on a Genesis. I'm not, I'm not sure there's a Super Nintendo port of it, but I would love to see uh, uh, Contra uh, Hardcore or Hardcore Corpse. I forget what it's called. Um, but that is a game that it looks super dope. It was super cool. It had like alternate endings, but it was hard as fuck. Like, that game was hard as hell. Um, but I love the hell out of that game. Um, for those who don't know, definitely look it up. It's a really fun game. Uh, it's really hard, though, but it's really cool looking. And you get to choose from a werewolf man, uh, basically somebody who is commando, a female, and then you got a small robot called Brownie. So, did you get to take any of contract? No, I did not. I did not. I played it. I never beat it. But man, <laughs> you you've beaten a contra. <laughs> I've gotten close to being contra one. I have, but it. That's the scoop. That's the scoop of the century right there. Yeah, like contra's a hard game in general. Um, but yeah, like I would love to see contra hardcore on uh, on the Genesis collection. Um, so yeah, it's coming out this year, and it's gonna be another one of those. Um, and you know, um, I honestly, if they did. If they did another one of these, like, I would love a Sega Dreamcast Mini. Like, I would love a Sega Dreamcast Mini because there were so many awesome games on Sega Dreamcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I still, like, I really want Nintendo to kind of backwards compatible the Super Nintendo and the 64 and the GameCube and the Wii? The Wii U? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think I think what they need to do with the the Switch is not pour any Wii U games. Um, let me rephrase that: not put any Wii U games on there like they are the Wii from the Wii U, right. but straight up like make them for the Switch in a port form. Like, let's take you know Mario Maker two. It's it's smart because instead of trying to put Mario Maker just on the Switch, they just made a sequel, which adds more content. But on top of that. The Wii U had two screens. Switch does not have that fucking luxury, so... Yeah, that's true. I, I feel like they will not really delve into the Wii U library as much. Um, I mean, take that back well, with the uh, Super, Mario Maker, Super Mario Maker 2 happening. Um, there's there's a few games that they did it with, but... Yeah. My, my, my point is, is that... When you when you're doing the... the, the when you're making backwards compatible type of games or whatever, like, you want to kind of... Um, 
you want to think about what it's on and uh i think a lot of old school games could really work like when i played the red replay pack and i played some of the 64 games on there it was a bit difficult to play so yeah i don't know like it's interesting um but this is a good way to you know preserve video game history and whatnot oh hell yeah definitely especially with the latest conversations around that topic and what the future of the game industry is kind of headed towards so um just answer your question jason um i went up the uh uh when actually that no i did climb the wall at first i could not beat that boss uh so i just went drop in the tunnel <laughs> i tried to i tried to beat that boss it was hard and i'm pretty sure greg you have no idea what i'm talking about uh i'll show you later i'll show you later <laughs> all right Moving on to our next topic at hand. Uh, as soon as I load this up, boom, boom, boom. All right. So, um, this is, let me bring up the article. So, this is on GameSpot.com, written by Oscar Deus. Assassin's Creed 3 removed from Steam and Uplay. Um, following the launch of Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered last month, it appears publisher Ubisoft has delisted the original game from PC retailers such as Steam and Uplay. The game's Steam page is still viable, but states, uh, quote, at the request of the publisher, Assassin's Creed 3 is no longer available for sale on Steam, unquote. Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered is, of course, available for purchase for $40, um, $34, pounds and six dollars a uh, australia but unlike the original version this does not include the game's multiple option gamespot has reached out to ubisoft to confirm why the original version was removed uh, it should be noted that the listing does not prevent existing owners of assassin's creed 3 from downloading or playing the game it merely prevents anyone else from purchasing from uh, purchasing it assassin's creed 3 remastered meanwhile is included in the season pass of assassin's creed odyssey um, so, Assassin's Creed 3, uh, is being taken down from Steam and Uplay, and part of the reason, I think the reason why, um, is because Ubisoft seems to be more, I'm gonna say more inclined, but, like, they seem to be having that, um, that, uh, that friendship or that, you know, bringing over the Division 2 to the Epic Game Store, and they can and it seems like they are definitely... It from the looks of it more supportive of that platform um, than Steam and Uplay, which is weird to say. Not thinking about it, but um, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, Ubisoft's trying to—they're trying to figure out a way to to make a little bit more money than using uh, third parties. Yeah, and which is weird though because like they had their own like. Uh, platform to have their own like uh, thing where they can launch a, 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 a um, we call it like an online store of themselves with Uplay and sell their games through there and don't have to worry about any fees or whatnot. Um, so it's kind of interesting to hear that they are taking it down even from their own platform and just going to sell it on um, over at Epic Games at least for future purchases. If you're if you're ready of the game, well, again, again, and I can't stress this enough, Anthony. Like you also got to think of the perspective that Epic Games is is, you know, giving a higher percentage of profit to the to the dev slash publisher. Right. 
So I think I think I think Ubisoft's looking at that looking that angle. Uh, there, you know, the Epic might have thrown a little bit of money in Ubisoft's pocket to make that happen. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it, especially with the moves they've been doing recently with some of the game studios and other companies. They've been making their deals to make ex- exclusive for a year uh, to be yeah. on an Epic Game Store. Um, I mean, you want to know my thoughts on that whole situation? You can just listen to the last while you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Turn listen to last week's podcast, kids. Um, this other thing does bring up, and it's something that's been talked about more, and we kind of talked about it in the last segment. It's just the it's preservation of games, and you know, the, the future of you know, yes, all going all digital have its benefits, has its um, it has its uh, its positive um, points to it. But it's also, you know, the the downsides of it to where, you know, as we saw here with Assassin's Creed 3, at least when it comes to the Uplay and, and Steam store, um, any company or any publisher that wants to take down a game at any, any given time can do so. And if that game is gone, like it, it is gone forever, or dep- if they depend on the company. Um, and this, this raises questions because of the Google Stadia and how that well... is shaping up. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna well you on this one, Anthony, because if you remember when THQ went under, what happened to all their titles? They Other s- companies bought them up. Yeah. So it's still possible that even if a company goes under, like let's say Ubisoft Ubisoft completely dies, mm-hmm. other studios, other you know, uh, uh, big name companies could could up and like take. Assassin's Creed or take um, the the Tom Clancy series, you know, like any of that stuff. So, like, you got to think of it from that perspective. But uh, when 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 I talk about game preservation, I mean to the extent of like digitally preserving. Okay. And. You can still preserve a game, even if it's just on a hard drive. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I, I don't get me wrong. Like there are definitely ways to preserve a game, and you, if you know where to go to, uh, I'm not, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna state it here, but like if you know where to go to, there are places where you can go and get a digital copy of said game through said emulator, and, and you'll have it absolutely. Um, there is, and, and that there are people out there on as long as it's on the internet, the people will find a way to keep it going. Um, I mean, I, I fully believe that you should support the arts. You should support whatever game you want to be preserved. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that if if these dev if these companies really want to preserve these games. They're gonna have to, and eventually allow it to become a free service, like a free thing, so that way people can just have it. Cause you know, like there's still people out there that collect fucking uh, uh, laser discs, cause they're like, well, we gotta preserve this history, mm-hmm. like it's a thing. So you know, there's gonna be people out there that are gonna preserve uh, old school games by keeping them on a on a hard drive. Yeah, and and that is definitely when there's a will, there's a way. People are going to definitely find ways to do so, and we shouldn't. Part of me says it, we shouldn't rely on companies to, to to preserve games if they don't want to do it, and have the the people, the gamers, whoever, 
do it to who have enough passion to do so. Um, because for some companies, they don't they don't see the value of preservation. They see, you know, how much is this game selling? Is it not okay? Discard it. Move on to the next game we're going to make to then sell more copies of or or sell more um, than the last one. So it's it, it is a I don't think it's so weird because I don't mind remasters at all. I think remasters are a great way to get younger people who maybe didn't play it the first time to play it around this time. Mm -hmm. My, my issue is that the new Spyro and the new crash bandicoot, they aren't remasters. Those are full on remakes. Mm -hmm. Like people are like, Oh, they're remasters. And I'm like, that's not game preservation. Like, you have to understand that. And I think that with like Ubisoft and this Assassin's Creed like remaster, that's not proper game preservation to me. Right. So them removing the old version and only having the remaster version on Epic hurts them and gamers in the long run, is my point. That's I know that was a long way around that bush, but man, right, I got there. Yeah, <laughs> we got there somehow. And you're right, and you're, and you're completely right. Um, it's I, as somebody who who as respects the history of the game industry and how it became and how where it went in many places. It you know almost died in the '80s, but came back because of Nintendo. Um, like I, I definitely would like to see uh, you know a preservation of these games in some capacity and not not all games there are definitely some games where you can look at it and say well it was a game it was fun but like did it really affect or did it really like change the industry in some way other than the fact it's being a game of its era and to some people like they'll say like yes let's keep it let's keep it for, for that for that reason but in some cases like for some other games that is 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 it really you know should we keep it for the sake of it being a game in, in its era or, you know, move on to something else that might be better preserved. Um, I think, I think honestly, if you go and you play Assassin's Creed three now with the idea of, I want to see the graphics now versus what we, what we have. Sorry. I want to see what the graphics look like now. Um, now that, you know, we've moved so far into the future of games, like, it's fascinating to me to go back and play like a PS1 or PS2 game and go like, oh man, like that's really interesting how they how they finagled the fucking graphics to fit this thing or something to that effect. And I can't imagine that with Assassin's Creed 3, you couldn't do the same thing. Definitely. So if 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 it was a situation, Anthony, where they were like Assassin's Creed 3 original and remastered only on the Epic Store for a limited time, I'd be like but the fact that the only version of Assassin's Creed 3 you can get on PC right now is epic and it's remastered sucks. Yeah. But it, it is definitely the future that will be that, that the game industry and kind of what a lot a lot of what is going towards in terms of going to old digital yeah. future. And this is the price this is the price we pay for 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 doing so. But the convenience of getting the game at any time is great, but at the cost of hey you may play the game, but if the servers go down, you may not have that game afterwards, yeah. unless you find some uh, ways. Jason, Jason in chat brings up a good, a thing where you could like in in the Halo Master Chief Collection, 
you hit a button and you can swap between classic and remaster for halo one and two um that'd be great if they could add that in i know that's really fucking expensive uh and really difficult to program but it would be awesome and it would definitely have that whole preservation preservation situation so absolutely absolutely um but yeah we'll see how things go out and how things turn out in the future but uh we'll see so so i can say all right moving on to the next speaking of google stadia actually uh, our next story here, written uh, by uh, James, is that Bachelor? No, James Bachelor. I think it might be James Bachelor. Um, from GameIndustry.biz, uh, Google uh, were quote committed to protecting and respectively pro- um, respecting privacy unquote with Stadia. Uh, Phil Harrison assures streaming services users will be able to create an online persona distinct and different from the Google one. Google has addressed concerns over how it will use personal and private data through its Stadia streaming service. The internet, gain ha- the internet giant has been under scrutiny for how its users, people's, how it uses people's information, particularly since it received a record 50 million pounds fined by French data production watchdog CNIL earlier this year for making it harder for users to understand how to opt out of data processing for, process- for personalized ads. Concerns also arose from patient, uh, from patent applications likely connected to the Stadia controller. Mentioned readily memory that will store account information and preferences on the device. When Stadia was announced at GDC 2019, questions were raised about how Google was uh, will use personal information and other data gathered by the service. GameIndustry.biz discussed these concerns with Vice President and General Manager Phil Harrison. Quote, This is built on top of Google's very robust privacy and personal information policy, and we will not change that policy through Stadia, unquote, uh, he told us. Quote, The account you use for Stadia is built on top of your Google account, but of course you'll be able to have an online persona that is distinct and different from your Google persona. We are committed to protecting and respecting users' privacy every step of the way. Stadia was announced at GTC 2019 last month and was and will enable users to play video games across uh, multiple devices, from smartphones and tablets to TVs via Chromecast without it needing to install or download. So, interesting to hear them say that, although I feel like they're wanting to get in front of it because of the, re- the, the most recent social media uh, uh, debacle with Facebook. And how uh, they brought Zuckerberg uh, to the to the to the stand essentially, and asked some various uh, questions about uh, like how was this data being used, why is there so much of it, and Google's getting in front of it because they are a big tech giant. Um, that well, also- they also had their own situation recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the CEO was in a was in a Congress meeting with a bunch of old people who didn't know how the internet worked, which was hilarious to watch. <laughs> um, honestly, if you haven't watched that video, go find it. It's absolutely fucking hilarious um one of the one of the guys was like so explain to me sir explain to me how my granddaughter can have a picture of me on her phone explain how that works he's like she has a picture of you on her phone and he's like (laughs) he's like i didn't send it to her how does she have a picture of me he's like did 
should get it off of your Facebook. Like it's kind of that <laughs> attitude. Like right, right. The, 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 the what the congressman was talking was like as if she just got the picture because there's some like weird connection. It's it's a whole dumb thing. It's really funny. Um, but uh, I mean that's that's the thing that that kills me about people in the internet is there's this fear that Big Brother's watching you. There's this 1986 George Orwellian fucking idea that everything you do is monitored and documented and taken down and and you're just kind of fucked always somehow. And my argument to that is always stop fucking worrying about that. Like, are you murdering people? Are you doing shady shit? Are you money laundering? Then chill the fuck out. Why do you care? If you're not doing anything illegal, don't. There's nothing to worry about. Like, if if I fucking walk, like, here's the thing about DoorDash. I'm gonna turn on my light while I'm telling you this because yeah, this is the funniest thing. I was gonna say, like, you've been talking in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we go. Um, so I've been doing DoorDash for a while, and here's the funny thing about DoorDash. I have to walk into a ton of restaurants, right? My fucking Facebook sucks right now <laughs> because Facebook's like, oh, did you want to go to TJ Fridays? How about Chicago Fire? Oh, did you like Wendy's? And I'm just like, oh, my God, I get it. It's really bad right now because it just keeps noticing where I am. But I get it. They're just trying to advertise to where they think I've been. It's this like AI <laughs> like monitoring my locations. Uh, and, and I don't ultimately care it's just it's just one of those things where i'm like oh whatever because i understand how it works and every time every time something like this happens like with stadia and this like fear that it's going to be monitoring what you're doing so the fuck what if you do link your account to stadia and all of a sudden now you're getting ads for whatever the last game you played was so why at, at this well, point, how does this affect your life? I don't understand. Yeah, at, at this point, my information, your information, everybody's information is already out there. If you use the internet, your your information is already out there. Like Google Stadia, it's just it's not going to. It's gonna they're gonna say like it's not it's not gonna look at your privacy. It's not gonna do all sorts of stuff. But the reality is that your information is already out there at this point. Like. At this point, yeah, even it's, if it was, yeah. even if it was, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. Like at this point, like it, you may you may fear that Google may be doing doing sinister with your data and Facebook, but like the, the the reality is, is it's already happened. They're already using your data to to pander to you in some way or or selling it for for money, which they already have. It's I'll, just, I'll, t- I'll tell I'll tell you something that sucks. Something that sucks. So. A little bit of an overshare, I think, on this part, but I'm a single guy. Uh, single guys have needs, if you catch my drift. Mm-hmm. So I've gotten just straight up sex ads. Oh, so, furry, so, so furry stuff. Gotcha. I didn't fucking say that, Anthony, <laughs> because I'm not you. <laughs> no, like uh, uh, the other day, I'm not even joking. I was watching something on YouTube, and an ad came up for... To go to uh, um, Adam and Eve's website. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, why? Why the fuck did that pop up? Oh, because it's monitoring the fact I watched some porn recently. 
So it's just a fucking thing, man. Like, it's it's how they're going to make money. And now here's where it would become a problem. Um, is if it started affecting the choices you get to make in your life. That's where it becomes a problem. Um, if... I don't know, man. Like, I just, I have a really hard time seeing this as an issue. I think people just have a irrational fear of Big Brother. Do you think it's a generational thing, too? Uh, I mean, what do you mean by generational? Like, our generation or older or younger? Um, just the older generation having more of this fear than we do. Because we understand what it is. Maybe. Like, like, yeah, like we we understand what it is, and like we know that our information is already out there, so it doesn't really matter at this point. Um, and maybe it's it is the older generation just like fearing, like, oh, our my information's out there, or like, oh man, they're gonna you know use it to their whim and whatever they want to, and affect my life. Um, Literally, that data that's sent out mm-hmm. is uh, used by ad organizations to figure out how to more directly advertised to you now i would argue and be fucking like hey don't fucking do that if like all of a sudden your email is given out or your phone number is given out or just straight up your identity is given out to an ad ad agency no don't do that you advertise on my facebook you can advertise on my fucking youtube videos and that's it guys just don't do any more than that like it's not necessary i don't need to be driving in the future down the fucking freeway and they have an lc an l uh, yeah an lcd uh 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 billboard that all of a sudden like as i get closer like it switches and advertises directly to me and it's like hey greg have you tried the fleshlight and i'm just like what the fuck i don't need that <laughs> right right uh but it, it's like google's done a really good job in my opinion at keeping stuff safe that needs to be safe, but also trying to make money off of what they think I like and don't like. Mm-hmm. So I ain't fucking worried about this. Yeah, same here. Nobody else should be. Oh, and then on this from the chat from Jason, uh, this sounds like it comes back to phone tracking, knowing where a phone is at the, is uh, the whole time, and had to explain in what uh, was in print to allow uh, help. Uh, to allow to help find someone who was kidnapped. Hold on, and had to explain. Uh, it was had to explain in was in print. I'm not sure what you mean by that. To allow to help find someone who's kidnapped. What I think he's trying to say is that um, someone was kidnapped. Their phone's location was able to be tracked to the location where they were. Ah. Gotcha. They were found because of this, you know, GPS and all of our pockets. Oh, gotcha. the people, the people were freaked out over it. Like people took, uh, okay. instead of people going like, Oh, that's a really cool feature. It turned into, Oh God, I'm being monitored at all times. The CIA is in my pocket. Like that's what people took. Over. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Well, it is, I think, that time. Greg Greg here has been just waiting. He is just full-on erect. Just cannot no, I, wait. Calm down. Jesus <laughs> Christ. 
Um, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is why you're wrong with Greg Deets. All right, folks. Oh, today I got legitimately pissed off because Jason Schreier of Kotaku, he put out this long article, literally 1,500 words, about the state of Bioware in Anthem. Now, normally, whatever. It's, I, I would have ignored it and moved on with my life. But the problem here is, is that everybody was fucking talking about it. Because the issue that I have here isn't that they want to talk about Anthem. It isn't that they want to bash Anthem. What the fuck ever. Not everyone's going to enjoy the game. Everyone's going to fucking, you know, whatever the new thing. It's sensationalism that pisses me off. There's an old phrase in, in, in press which is, if it bleeds, it leads. Meaning that if it was like a murder or a homicide or a suicide or something political, um, it, it went front. It was, fr it was front page. It, went, it was the first story that was on the news. That's what if it bleeds, it leads means. There's a new age of that. And that's, hey, everyone's piling on Bioware. There's something there. So let's fucking concentrate on that. Oh, fuck. EA just laid off 350 people. Let's shit on that and concentrate on that too much. That's my problem. The if it bleeds, it leads of this generation. Now, to further this idea, um, and I'm going to out, outright, like, outright say it. MSNBC, MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News are what? Anthony, answer this question for me. What are those three organizations? News organizations. Wrong. They are pundit outlets. All they stand for is allowing pundits to spew their bullshit fucking opinion on TV. Whether it's liberal, whether it's conservative. Doesn't matter. It's a pundit. Nobody should be listening to pundits because all it is is vile opinion. I'm not talking about fun opinion. And there's a few shows that do have a good opinion. But it's it's always way too biased and way too vile. Guess what IGN, Kotaku, Polygon, and GameSpot are, Anthony? Pundit outlets. You cannot read an article from them that's news without getting some fucking opinion or agenda based on it. This irritates the living shit out of me because it fuels assholes like Jim Sterling, like Angry Joe. It needs to stop. It really needs to end. But I say that, and I know full well, Anthony, that it won't end because people will still gravitate towards it. People will still read it. This is why, if it bleeds, it leads, exist. It doesn't exist because news organizations just want to put that out there it's because it's what people read it's what people go to so the press has to pander to pay the bills right so if a publisher fucks up if a development company fucks up the press goes hey are we're gonna get a lot more clicks if we post this one than if we don't so who do we blame? Do we blame the dev for being bad? For 
pushing things, for delaying things, for, for not communicating properly with their team? Do we blame the publisher for pushing deadlines and listening to investors more than the audience? Do we listen to the press who is pushing an agenda, who is trying to pay the bills? Do we, do we, do we, do we stop the, the fans or try to convince the fans to not read this file shit? What do we do? We don't, we can't do anything. This why you're wrong is less about why you're wrong and more about what's wrong with fucking media right now. It's, it's, a, it's a legit problem that we can't find news organizations, or at least in a big, big format, that just tell the news. I don't hate Jason Schreier. As a matter of fact, the article's interesting. But the problem with the article and a lot of what I noticed in it is something that I've seen journalists do in the past that irritates the shit out of me. He claims to have talked to 19 people at BioWare, ex-employees, who worked on or around Anthem. And all he does is he quotes them by saying an, a BioWare employee. Nobody is cited in that whole fucking article. That is bullshit. It's nonsense. How am I supposed to trust Jason Schreier? Because he works for Polygon? Because he wrote a book? I'm taking everything that he wrote in that article with a grain of salt. Now, on the other hand, Bioware, the fuck are you thinking by releasing a goddamn fucking three-paragraph thing going, nothing's wrong here, everything's A-OK. -okay. You're not helping. Nobody believes that shit. Nobody fucking believes that shit. Not for a second. So that's my problem, Anthony. That's why I've been chomping at the bit to talk about this. Because it's a legit problem right now. With social media, with the ability to create a website and do whatever you want, you can report on whatever you want. Everybody has a fucking soapbox nowadays. And it sucks. Like, I'm glad that you and I do this podcast. I'm glad you gave me this soapbox right here. But at the end of the day, I never agree with anybody else's fucking soapbox antics. Because, I mean, not, not all the time. There's some things I do agree with. But it frustrates the living shit out of me. That people can't tell the difference between a attention-grabbing headline and actual clickbait. It bothers the shit out of me that people don't take things with a grain of salt. They just take everything as ver fucking datum. They can't read articles from IGN or uh, Polygon or... Like, Polygon had a fucking article the other day about why they we're not happy with the Borderlands 3 trailer. Yeah, I didn't fucking agree with it either. Let's move on. Who cares? It's an opinion. But everyone's... Oh, Polygon's the worst in gaming journalism. You're fucking stupid. Like, full on, you're an idiot if you said that shit. And, and the, the other issue is it comes down to, like, dieting. Let's say, like, oh, well, if I just stop eating food, I could lose weight. Well, I can't just stop eating food because I have to keep energy going into my body. I have to keep my metabolism going. So I have to ingest food to keep going. So it's this catch 22, same with game journalism. 
We need game journalism to keep things accountable, to let people know what's going on in the world. But the other side of that is that, again, these companies can post whatever they want. So we have punditry out the ass. And it's just too much. It's just too much. I don't know why the gaming industry needs to beat this dead horse. Look, Anthem, little bit of a failure. Clearly not that big of a failure because it sold enough. But unfortunately, because everyone wants to beat this dead horse, the investors saw that shit. Started pulling money away from EA. EA saw that that was going to be a problem in the next quarter and laid off 350 people. There is a ripple effect with this shit. A, a, a absolute butterfly effect that happens when you choose to read sensationalist news organizations. Whether it's gaming, movies, comic books, politics. It's a problem. And I know that our audience is not big. And I know that our audience is is, is Awesome. I'm glad you guys are listening. But at the end of the day, you got to do what my dad has told me since I was a kid. Believe none of what you read and only half of what you see. And then that way, you're skeptical. That way, when somebody like Jason Schreier writes a 1500 letter or 1500 word article and doesn't cite anything that's noteworthy you can walk away with a grain of salt going hmm, maybe some of that was real and some of it wasn't so that's it there's no why you're wrong there's no fucking at the end of a goddamn movie moral lesson to, to fucking take away from this that I can really give you. It's just something that's been eating at me. Today was the straw that broke the camel's back. I was going to talk about something entirely, but then that article came out and I saw everyone's reaction. I really love Jesse Cox and respect him, but he just read that and was just like, Bioware's in a crisis! And I'm just like, okay, so you just fucking took a verbatim. Cool, Jesse. Neat. Neat. Great. And that's why you well, and that's that was great segment. I can't say this way you're wrong. <laughs> so that was great segment. Um, so this is this is the part you know you know how in every political debate like somebody like the one political party does like their speech and then like right afterwards you have like the other other political party kind of say like oh this is our thoughts reactions and and yada yada I forgot what's called but so why we'll say. To to what you said, Greg, which uh, surprised me because I, I I totally thought when we were before we even had this, before we had the discussion, or your your segment, like I totally had a different mind of what you're gonna do with this segment. Um, yeah, I was curious where did you think I was gonna go? I thought you were like going to hate on Jason Schreier, like hate this article is bashing on Anthem, and like we need to stop this and all that. I thought you're gonna go in that direction, which you kind of did, um, but not full on. Um, no, I, I, I think that, like I said, I think that Jay, that the article is very well written, very well structured. Um, it, it, it flows nicely, but there needs to be an accountability situation when it comes to reading that kind of stuff. You have to take everything with a grain of salt in that article. Like, I guarantee you some of that is as, as, as factual, and I guarantee you some of it is not. 
Jason did his due diligence. He did his work. And for that, I respect the shit out of him. But man, I read that and I just went, you started off the article, the first paragraph is making it sound like it was a bad thing that the title got changed. Come on, dude. Like, you set the tone outright. And I knew where the article was going. And there's a whole fucking paragraph diatribe part where he just is like, is this the problem? Is that the problem? 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 Like, I'm not kidding. Like, if you read it, there's a whole fucking part where he does that. Because he's, he's, it's a writing, uh, a journalistic writing uh, technique to, to pad your, your article. And I see that too often when it comes to this kind of stuff, Anthony, where there's a sense of pandering. There's a sense of uh, what do people want to hear, which is totally something they teach you in journalism school. But at the end of the day, I just can't subscribe to that kind of way of thinking. And I think too many people, Anthony, look at that and they just go, they they look at that article and they don't question it. They, they somebody will pick up a newspaper. Oh, fuck, who am I talking about? Somebody <laughs> will, will open up Twitter right? and they'll see some headline that says, oh, the riots yesterday or the stampede that happened yesterday at Nipsey Hussle's memorial was caused by some guy with an AK-47. I, nobody knows why the fucking... I mean, well, I don't. I haven't looked into it. But at the time, nobody knew. But there's going to be people who read that and believe it. And then immediately say it. And it bothers me. It legit bothers me because that's not how we as a people should be. We should be way more... Uh, 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 question like we, we should just be questioning the, the media that we get, the, the stuff that we get. You said the other day, Anthony, that you need to question me more on my opinion on the show. Yep, and I what did I say? I was like, please, huh? because that's how it works. If we want to get to the bottom of things, if we want to get to the facts of things, we can't just take one person's thing as a as as fucking concrete. And you're right. Fact. And you're absolutely right. Like the one thing I wanted to add or wanted to say um, or my mind in thinking before you did this segment today um, is that you're, you're completely right. And we do need to question things. We do need to, you know, ask, you know, where did you get your, where did you get this, that information from? Like yada, yada, yada. Um, when it, when it comes to Jason Schreier and his article, he wrote, um, you know, one of the things I wanted to point out is like, this is just me assuming, but you know, it, that's only because of what, you know, take a grain of salt for what I'm about to say, because I did take a journalism class first year of college. So uh, <laughs> using that bit of knowledge I have in there, um, but you know, I, I wanted to point out that maybe the reason why Jason didn't name drop, you know, the, the 19 people that he interviewed or that was in the articles, maybe because those people that wanted to be interviewed didn't want to put their names in, like, full full on in the, in the article for career or whatever reasons they may have be. Um, and, you know, often used as a nominous source or, you know, still say they're bio employees, but not full on names. And the other thing I wanted to say was, um, you know, 
we're never so like if like these stories need to be told one way or another and there's always two sides of a story the thing is though is that with this situation with anthem are we really going to hear what happened with the game um from ea from bioware are they really going to say everything what happened worse and all they're not ultimately ultimately anthony the 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 takeaway from this is there is and we've seen it clearly a problem with AAA dev no sorry development i should say AAA development there is an issue and i think the best solution to this issue because whether or not those let's say all 19 were true there are literally hundreds of people that work in bioware so that's a very small percentage of people who work there and maybe those 19 people had just really bad experiences right if you talk to my mom and you talk to me about working in walmart because we worked there at the same time you're going to get two different accounts you're going to get two different opinions my experience was garbage her experience was great so that's my point is is you that's why you let's say all 19 of those stories that he put in there are true right Mm -hmm. benefit of the doubt there are still a ton of people that work there that probably don't feel that way. You have to keep that in mind. There, there, like just by sheer fucking odds, Anthony, there has to be. Because if at the end of the day, let's say three fourths of that workforce was that unhappy, they could strike. Easily, they could strike. Now, of course, there'll be scabs that get brought in all that jazz, but whatever, that's besides the point. The point that I'm making is that um, you have to keep that in mind that, that there has to be a bunch of people there that do not feel the same way as those 19 people. But if there is that kind of tension, that kind of problem with AAA development, the best way to handle this is to unionize game development. Absolutely. Because it'll eliminate Absolutely. any problems. Absolutely. Which, funny enough, that was actually one of the things I saw on Twitter today. It's like voice actors were coming out and hashtagging support devs. Um, because the, the talk of game unionization has been much more apparent this year, especially. Um, and have become a much more of a growing thing. And I, I, I hope it happens. And I hope that, you know, things like a union comes in and you know, if the case, you know, if, if the situation is as real as the states in Jason Schreier's article, that things like that would not happen in the future if a union is involved in some degree. It's going to be really hard and really messy to get a to get an organization like that going because, um, I mean, there's actually a couple of groups that have been working on it for years now. So it's not like it's not around the corner. But the, the biggest hurdle coming from that, Anthony, is you have to set it up properly to where... Uh, the unions work with the, the 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 head the higher ups. You know they 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 there has to be a a an even working ground. Yeah. And if things get unionized the way that I hope they do, um, where like you can only work in the industry if you're unionized, much like with the voice actors or or actors guild, um, uh, there's going to be a lot of times where game development like we're not going to see a game. Like, we might hear about a game, and then we won't see it for another four years. Game yeah. development will probably be, 
I don't want to say doubled, but damn near. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm just saying, like, we'll see. Like, it, it, it's we're gonna see a lot of like if if it happens, we're gonna see a lot of people getting angrier and angrier because you know these certain games aren't coming out or whatever. But as I've pointed out before on this podcast, as you've pointed on this podcast, there's so many fucking games to play that if you broaden what you want to play and how you want to play games, you're never going to be bored. Agreed. There's always something to play. Whether it's indie, AAA, there's always something to play. Agreed. So I guess we're still friends, huh? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I you, can't, you, can't, you can't assume where I'm going to go, Anthony. You know I'm smarter than that. Yeah, I, I told that it's for mindset. All right, well, with that being in mind, um, it's time to end the show. So before we go, Greg, where can I find you on the internet? Uh, you can throw all your vitriol and hate towards my opinion on Twitter. <laughs> um, I'm more than willing to have a discussion on there. If you truly, honestly, like all joking aside, if you disagree with my opinion and you want to have a conversation with me and you want to get maybe throw a different opinion at me, uh, I'm more than willing to hear it out. Um, but that's uh, at Chub Rock Geek. You should have seen it above my name, the whole podcast. Um, I also have an Instagram and a Facebook, but whatever. Uh, a YouTube channel, Chub Rock Geek channel. I never fucking post on there, but there's <laughs> old videos on there if you want to check those out. Um, I also stream sometimes on Chub Rock Geek on Twitch um, or at Chub Rock Geek on Twitch. Uh, not often enough because I have to stream directly from my Xbox and that kind of sucks. So, But um but yeah, the other thing I do, which I'm really proud of, is I do a podcast with my buddy Josh Fisher uh, called All Cued Up. We, uh, what we do uh, every other week is we review two Net- Netflix, Hulu Plus, Amazon Prime shows. Uh, they have to be originals on those platforms. Um, but we'll review two of them and uh, give them a grade and whatnot. Um, and then every other week, every like off week, we do a show called Uninhibited. Where Josh and I just kind of shoot the shit and talk about whatever we want. This last episode that we did, which is up right now, um, we uh, we talked about a few things. I don't remember what everything we did, but we also did a, a, a cartoon bracket for March. So we, we kind of listed off our... Uh, I do have a MySpace, Jason, but I don't remember it. Um, but uh, yeah, it was really funny because we were sitting there arguing about like... Uh, it was pre-60s era cartoons. That was the first bracket. The second one was 60s and 70s, and then 80s, and then 90s to current. Uh, there was a lot of cartoons on there that I love that weren't on there. But then again, I understand why they weren't. Uh, there was also no cartoons based on comic book franchises or other movie franchises. So, like, no Godzilla no Three Stooges, no Spider-Man or X-Men or Fantastic Four or any of that. Um, no, no Superman or Batman anime series, like because they already exist in other in other formats. So it'd be kind of unfair to an extent. But uh, that's that was their logic. But uh, so that was fun. That was definitely fun to do. Yeah, if you want to check any of that out, it's a lot. It's a good time. Josh and I have a lot of fun doing it. It's like allcuteuppodcast.com. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at Defective Naruto. You can follow the work that we do at MissionStartPodcast.com. This podcast will be uploaded and is full entirely uncut uh, on uh, on Mondays. Um, 
well, to the right, not uncut, but like edited to some degree. Uh, on Monday, it will be uploaded on Mondays. Uh, every segment you saw today, or for those watching on the YouTube channel or on Twitch VODs later on, uh, every segment uh, will be divided up into each day leading up into next week's podcast. So tomorrow, pregame show, uh, was it? Uh, Thursday will be the first segment, uh, Friday will be the second segment, yada, yada, yada. Broken up for uh, bite-sized pieces for anybody to watch uh, on YouTube uh, to check out later in the show. Uh, or if you're too busy one, to, you know, to check out what's going on in the news in the past week. Um, but yeah, this podcast will be up on Mondays. Um, outside of that, uh, the BOD, uh, wait, I just said that, said that. I am, I am way too brain scattered at the moment. Uh, but, uh, anyways, I'm trying to say is, uh, thank you for watching, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week, same time, same place, right here on this Twitch channel. Uh, and with that, we will see you guys next time. Peace.